You Can Mentor is a network that equips and encourages mentors and mentoring leaders to love God, love others, and make disciples in their own community. Learn more at youcanmentor.com or follow us on social media. You Can Mentor. Mr. John Bernard has released a book entitled Mephibosheth, The Search for Identity, Purpose, and Community. It's an amazing book, and I know it will encourage you and your fellow mentors. While you're at it, pick up my book, You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission, and Break Generational Curses. You can find both of these resources on Amazon or on our website. Lastly, follow us on social media, listen to the podcast, and share everything you find valuable with your mentoring friends. We're here for you, and we want to add value in whatever way we can. Thank you so much. You can mentor. We here at You Can Mentor are toying around with the idea of having a mentoring gathering or conference where mentoring leaders can come, get encouraged and equipped as they lead their ministries. Our goal in this is to create a safe and fun environment where mentors can share stories of struggles and successes while bonding together with their mentoring team and other mentoring leaders all across the country. If you lead a team of mentors and are interested in learning more about this gathering, please reach out to us. We'd love to pick your brain on how to create a gathering that best serves you and your team. Since this is our first year doing it, we want as much input as possible to create the best experience as possible. Thanks, you can mentor. Mentoring leaders, are you looking for a place to discuss important mentoring issues with other people who are passionate about mentoring? If so, let me introduce You Can Mentor Learning Labs, a monthly call with other mentoring leaders to support each other as we lead mentoring organizations and other mentors. Each call will focus on a topic and allow you to share as well as hear from others on the struggles and successes they have had regarding this specific topic. To sign up, please reach out to Zach Garza at zach at youcanmentor.com or find us on social media. Thank you. Remember, you can mentor. Hello, you can mentor listener. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us today. My name is John, and I'm sitting over here with my friend. And that's where you say your name. Zach. With my my friend. Zach. You sound like you're giving the announcements at church. (laughs) What I feel like my air is that I just want to be friendly where someone would say, oh, that's, that sounds like a nice guy. And then articulate. Well, you definitely sound nice and articulate. Unique New York, where but, the words are coming out of my mouth very clearly. But you sound like you don't have a personality. Oh, seriously? Yeah. So oh, wow. You should be more, hey, guy. Well, I, well last, week Familiar? You, last week you sounded like you were at the circus. <laughs> so I think we need to find the middle ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to take what you're saying with a, like a very large grain of salt, okay, you know, like yeah. very substantial. So I just want to be honest with you. I was thinking about our podcast yesterday morning on my walk and your introductions are one of the highlights of my week. <laughs> I just love them. They're just so great. I spend a lot of time planning them and thinking about them. I can tell. And uh, yeah, brainstorming, whiteboarding. You don't whiteboard anything. I don't. I don't do it enough. But listener, I am sitting here in the You Can Mentor office and I'm seeing substantial whiteboards just in front of me with lots of compound words, four syllable words, just a lot of intentionality. 
And it really reminds me that, that I'm setting the bar way too low in my own life. It's not true, John. <laughs> you, your bar's beautiful. You've got Z- a beautiful bar. Zach, you have given us, in terms of content, a veritable buffet, my friend, of a feast. Yes. A feast of information. A cornucopia, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really timely mm-hmm. in terms of going into the fall. Thank you for mentioning that. I just, I envision that right now. Just thinking about all those wonderful fruits and vegetables. Just now, a, just a gourd. Just got last, a gourd of knowledge. Our last conversation was really a gourd in itself, as we discussed some comparing and contrasting in relationship between mentoring and discipleship, which I thought was very helpful. I think that you're, you're taking us to the next level. Yeah. So today we are talking about what to do whenever you find yourself in a mentoring relationship. And then what do you know, there's an opportunity to disciple. Okay. So you're hanging out with a kid. Hey man, let's go get a snow cone. Let's talk about baseball. Yeah. Life. Fist bump. Fist bumping. You know, like, Hey, how's school buddy? And then he's like, Hey mentor, I want to learn about Jesus. Mm. And you're like, like, Oh my gosh, the door has been opened. Mm -hmm. What do you do? And so this is the transition, you know, it's like, it's like big, the movie, whenever Tom Hanks is on the piano, yeah, we're going from one side of the piano to the other. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm going to go with it. Okay. Thanks. And we are talking about how to go from mentoring, right in that transition into intentional discipleship. Mm -hmm. So a recap of last week, what is mentoring? We discussed Mentoring is guiding, mentoring is shepherding, mentoring is life on life. Mentoring is you're just sharing what you know, you're sharing life, you are giving the mentee someone to look up to, opening up doors, experiences, all of that stuff. Discipleship is the intentional act of teaching someone how to follow Jesus Christ, how to have a faith, how to expand their faith, how to share their faith. It's a it really is, hey, you need to know some skills and I am going to teach you those. You need to know how to read your Bible. You need to know how to pray. You need to know how to have endurance, perseverance, all of these things, right? Absolutely. Are you okay with me thinking maybe that mentoring might be this idea of, of kind of pointing my mentee to my life, making myself available in that way for, for health and for good development and good relationships, whereas discipleship is the ultimate really pointing my mentee to Christ himself. Yes. So it's a, it's a mentoring is a follow me as I follow Jesus mm-hmm. and a discipleship is a go and make disciples. The ultimate goal, right? And yeah. that's really kind of what we desire. Yeah. It doesn't always happen. We don't always get the opportunity to, to truly disciple, but when we do, I think first and foremost, let's be prepared for it. Let's say even at the beginning, you guys, I just always kind of envision, you know, that, that walking up to the school, if that's your mentor mentee set up as you, as you enter that, that door, you say, Lord, have me prepared. I know that you've already ordained this time and I pray that I'll be a blessing to my mentee. And if the opportunity presents itself, that I would share truth and that I would, you know, be mindful of discipleship. I think maybe that's really great. A thing to remember Zach right off the bat, even when that we're, we're focusing on these mentor relationships that we're always hoping for that discipleship process to be taking place. Exactly. And that's, what's so interesting, confusing, kind of, I don't know, weird about faith-based mentoring is, isn't faith-based mentoring discipleship? And the answer is no, it's not always, but it can be. (laughs) So you're kind of always like going in between mentoring and discipleship or discipleship and mentoring if your mentee is open and wants that. Mm -hmm. So like you might spend 10 years with 
your mentee and you'll never talk about Jesus. Well, that's mentoring. But the second he talks about faith or he asks about faith, then bam, you're in discipleship mode. Or you are asking questions that that might lead to intentional discipleship mode, right? So yeah. I'm, guys, I, I like it. It is confusing. It's wonky, but it's kind of like, and I could be way off here. It's kind of like marriage, you know, like marriage, sometimes you're friends, sometimes you're lovers, but I went there. I know. But like, it's kind of this, you're kind of vacillating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's just like a fan just for. And where you are, it's, it's cool to accept that that's, you know, where you yeah. are is where you should be. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. there will be seasons where you're awesome friends and maybe not so much on the other end, mm-hmm. but then there's seasons when, you know, everything's great. Zach, I think it was Michael Walton that, that posed the question, how can we be lovers if we can't be friends? Do you remember this? I don't. You're old. I wonder if we might just yeah. kind of stop for a moment and, and listen to that song together. No, we're not going to. Okay. So back to what we're talking. <laughs> so back to what we're talking about. Today, we're talking about if you find yourself with a mentee that says, hey, mentor, thank you so much for spending time with me mm-hmm. and investing into my future. Would you be so kind as to teach me? about the Bible and Jesus Christ and how to follow him. That minty almost sounds like I did when we started this podcast. In it, terms he of, really right? does. He's got those vibes. He really does. Or she. Ooh, <laughs> nice. And so we are talking about the top 10 things that you need to know if you find yourself in a discipleship relationship. Okay. It is similar to going from you are playing basketball to coaching basketball. It's still the same sport. But to coach, you need some skills. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to try to give you these skills or just these mindsets yeah. in regard to discipleship. And some of these you've heard before, but we're just going to pretend like this is your first time hearing this beautiful, wonderful podcast. And you're going to walk away saying, man, that was great. I can't wait to give that a five-star rating and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Well, thank you for mentioning the reminder of that, mm-hmm. that they yeah. need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, can I just begin with the, our first yeah, yeah, yeah. truth? What's that? I just, Is I, that a drum roll? I feel, like, I feel like we've lingered here too long. We need to get to the meat. We've we spent way too much time on the appetizer. That's definitely true. But it was, it was a wedge salad was and good. we just thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. But let's get to the steak. Okay, listen, top 10. First off, right off the bat, Zach, you can't give what you don't have. That's it right there. So- If you are going to make a disciple, the number one principle is you yourself cannot give what you don't have. You have to be filled up, which means you are praying, you're in the word, you're worshiping, you're resting, you have a healthy family. Of course, you might fall down from time to time, but you get up quickly. Someone once said, the true marker of spiritual maturity isn't whether or not you fall down, but it's how quickly you get back up. And so, so yeah. That is number one. Absolutely. I think you just entering into the relationship as your best self. So you have to ask yourself the question, what do I have to do to be my best self, to be as much like Jesus as possible? Whenever you, in a, well, in all relationships, it is our goal to try to be like Jesus. So what do we have to do to create in ourselves the person that when people hang out with us, they experience the person of Jesus? Mm-hmm. So there's some non-negotiables here, Zach, understanding who we are, who we are in Christ, right? Understanding that we want to live our life with intentionality, making some hard decisions sometimes. I think that being your best self, when you talk about that, it reminds us that it involves sacrifice. 
and it involves even kind of being mindful of the relationship between our spiritual life, our, our mental health and our physical health as well. You're, you're an exerciser. Look at these biceps, John. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so these things are like, you know, small, small basketballs. Definitely. Definitely. Many, many basketballs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listener. I'm actually getting kind of fat. So, but, but man, that, that's a part of it. It is, isn't it? It's, it's the holistic thinking of understanding that everything is connected. And yeah. so it's taking those opportunities to, to, to tend to yourself. Yeah. So being your best self relationally, right? Surrounding yourself with people who make you better, who add value, who encourage you. It is resting, right? Self-care is not selfish. You've got to have some fun. You have to invest into yourself. You know, you have to make sure that your family is good. So love God, love others. Well, your first others is your spouse, if you're married and your kiddos, if by chance, you know, there's some kids around. Physical taking care of yourself, exercise, trying to focus in on your limits. So you can't do everything and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Be careful what you say yes to. And yeah, so. Being realistic, yeah. I, I think I've talked about the story about whenever I was a teacher and her name was Zakia. Haven't I shared this before? I don't know if I have or not. I'm gonna share it again. Yeah, do it real quick. I was a teacher, eighth grade, and I taught health class, which should tell you a lot about me and how smart I am. But I had this class and it was a seventh period class, which seventh period, if you don't remember, is whenever you have classes filled with people who aren't in extracurricular activities. So they're not in sports, they're not in band, they're not in anything. And so you get a really rough crowd. So thanks for being di diplomatic in that. You're Zach. welcome. You probably had a seventh period. John. I, was, I had a seventh yeah, period. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. That was me all the way. So I had this girl in my class, her name was Zakia. She was, she was objectively speaking, the worst behaved student in our entire school. But for some reason, Zakia loved me and I loved her. She was awesome. And she was kind of a bully. She was, she liked to get in fights and all, all of that sort of riffraff, but we became buddies and she was in my seventh period class. Well, I had 20 kids, most of whom were not into learning and they were into causing mischief, but I never had to say a thing because Zakia would make sure that those kids were in line. If anyone talked back, if anyone misbehaved, I didn't have to say anything. Zakia yelled at them and I was okay with that. It was great. And we were buddies. We talked often. Well, there was one week where I had a football game on Tuesday night. I was out late. I hung out with all of my friends on Wednesday night. I was out late. Thursday, I had tons of stuff to do because I'm so, you know, busy. And I came into Friday and I was just worn out. I hadn't spent time with, you know, the Lord. I hadn't prayed. I hadn't gotten into my word. I stayed up late. I didn't wake up early and I was just a mess. And the kids in my seventh period class were acting a fool. And so I was sitting at my desk and instead of getting up and engaging with them, I just yelled at them. Hey guys, you need to be quiet. Stop talking. Well, what happened? They kept on talking. And I said, guys, I'm telling you, you need to be quiet. Shut your mouth right now. Cause I don't have time for this. Da, 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 da. I was not very kind. Well, they kept on doing it. And the third time I lost my cool. Okay. And I slammed my hands down and I yelled at him. And I think I might've told him to shut up, which don't do that. But I was just not a nice human being. I didn't look like Jesus at all. And I slammed my hands down and I said, 
I told you to be quiet. If you talk again, da, 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 da. And the whole class went silent because I'm six, eight and I'm yelling and they're 13 years old. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and Zakia comes up to me and she says, Hey coach. I said, yeah. She goes, I have something to ask you. And I said, what? And she goes, Hey, what's wrong with you today? You're usually so nice, but there's something wrong with you today. And the Lord convicted me in that moment. And he showed me, he's like, Zach, you've been going too hard. You haven't been spending time with me. You're acting out of your flesh because you haven't come to me to get filled up. And so that is my story on you can't give what you don't have. I didn't have what the Lord gives me. I didn't have patience. I didn't have kindness. I didn't have gentleness. I didn't have self-control because I hadn't been getting my tank filled up by Jesus. And so if you are going to make a disciple, you cannot make a disciple out of your own flesh. You have to be filled up because you can't give what you don't have. Be equipped for sure. Yeah. So true. that's my story. Great way to start. Well, I hope so. Guess what the second one is? Not only you can't give what you don't have, but hey, you can't, you can't lead where you haven't been. Ooh. Now we're talking geography, my friend. This reminds me, there's this book that I wrote. It's called Mephibosheth. And in it, what I get to do is, is really kind of just describe what it means to be a mentor within the realm of three occupations. And one of those is the tour guide. And so as we think about it, Zach, this idea of what it means to mentor well, I love that this point that you, that you raised is just coincides with that is this understanding of a tour guide is someone that we want to be with us along the, the trip. But what kind of tour guide would we be if to say, hey, I can't wait. I'm going to take me and my family to the Grand Canyon. We're going to explore this thing, this wonderful place that God has, has uh, given us. And our tour guide, though, actually lives in Minnesota. And so they're going to be you know, guiding us through the, the Grand Canyon from that state. That doesn't make sense. So can't lead where you haven't been. No, John, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> But I think that this is so good because I often, as a mentor, as someone who's trying to advance the kingdom, sometimes I find myself wondering, Lord, why am I going through all this stuff? Like, man, Lord, I just seem to keep on having hard issue after hard issue after hard issue. And I don't like this, God. And there is a temptation to get angry at God. There's a temptation to not understand it. But what happens if I change my perspective? And instead of saying, oh, God, why am I going through all this? Why am I having a tough time in my marriage? Why am I having a tough time in my job? Why are my kids acting like fools? What if I change my perspective of, wow, this is helping equip me to lead someone through these things whenever the Lord helps me overcome this season. And so every new experience, you're putting a tool in your tool belt. You're putting an experience in your experience binder. Your trapper keeper of experiences. And your trapper keeper of experiences, you're chopping up the Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying, man, one day I will be able to use this hard time to help someone else who's going through a hard time. No kidding. And I will also say this. There are a couple things here. You have to go there first. Sometimes that takes courage. Sometimes that takes intentional decisions. Like I am going to go to counseling or I'm going to forgive, or I'm going to take a risk because you are the example that they will follow. One thing that I love about going first is it gives someone who goes second the courage to go. Yes. Because your mentee, just like we talked about earlier, follow me as I follow Christ, 
your mentee will become like you. And one of my favorite things is a really good thing to lead your mentee into is the art of always be growing. So if your mentee sees you being discipled, if your mentee sees you trying to grow in spiritual disciplines, if they see you going to church or doing all of these things, then they are going to follow. Well, they have a better chance of following. Absolutely. There are no guarantees in that. You're right. None. But they do have such a better better chance. I, I think that it just speaks volumes to our mentees when they do see that, that we are not coming from a stance of having all the answers, but that we are still understanding that the more we know, the more we realize we don't, and but that we are abiding in the vine of Christ and that he's teaching us every day. I mean, back to your first point of this idea of like every setback, every failure is yet another opportunity to learn. And so, yeah, that is going to be so attractive. And what I love about these first two points is, as we say often, so much more is caught than taught. Mm -hmm. So if you're filled up and if you're going where God has called you to go, the mentee's going to pick up a ton just by observing you, just by watching you. Right. And that's good. All right. Number three, go for it, John. Hey, it's not what you want. It's truly what God wants. Yeah. So this is really hard because we all have things that we want our mentees to experience. We want our mentees to do well in school. We want them to get a job. We want them to go to college. We want them to get married. We, we want them to fulfill their potential. But what happens if, if that's not what God has for them? What happens if your mentee doesn't go to college and instead becomes a auto mechanic? Well, is that a failure? It's easy to say yes, but what if that's what the Lord has for him? That's tough. So now at this point, Zach, I feel like what you're bringing up is uh, we got to take a hard look at our personal preferences and, and maybe even what we would dis- define as success, right? Mm-hmm. We do it as parents. We do it in our marriage as well. And I think that it's just such an important reminder to say, Lord, not, not as I see fit, but as you see fit. So for this person, God, we, we commit this mentee to you. And so whatever you have for their life, don't let it be about my personal preference, but instead, again, what you have for them. Right. And so often we want to keep our mentees from hard situations, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Cause if you do that, then you're going to experience this and this is going to hurt and this is going to be bad. And you don't want that. No, 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 stop. But what if as we all know, what if the Lord is going to use that hard situation to actually turn them into someone who looks more like him? And sometimes the thing that we're keeping them from is actually the thing that they need, which that's hard. So this is another good reminder just of God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. That's sometimes something that we need to be mindful of that, that God has them and that he has good for them. And so he's going to use us to protect them at times and to bring wisdom, but also that he's got this. And so that strengthens our faith as well. It's a faith exercise. Yeah. Because when you're trying to make a disciple of yourself, okay, well, I went to college and I did this and I did that and da da da, and it worked out well for me. You should do it too. But it takes faith to say, okay, Lord, I am, I'm entrusting this relationship. I'm entrusting this soul, this child of God to you. And I say, Lord, have your way, whatever you want. I'm going to trust that you can make all things new, that what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn for good, that you have a good, what's that verse in Jeremiah? 29.11? Yeah. I can't say it because of my stutter. I have a good yeah. I have, I have, plan. I have a good plan not for your to, life. Thank you. Not to harm <laughs> not you. Not to harm you, but to but prosper. To prosper. Sometimes that old speech impediment gets me. But yeah, God loves them more than you do. His timing is perfect, right? So 
you might want him to, you might want your mentee to follow Jesus when they're in eighth grade, but God might have different plans. Trust his timing. Patience is needed. What is patience? Patience only comes from walking in the spirit. All frustration comes from unmet expectation. So we shouldn't expect our mentee to do certain things because if we expect it, then if it doesn't happen, we might get frustrated. Your job is to be faithful. It's his job, God's job to grow the fruit. Dude, we're just planting and we're watering. We're just farmers, right? just planting and watering. Planting and watering there, John. Oh, man. And most important, yet also most frustrating uh-huh. and just kind of like, what, Lord? Is his ways are not our ways. Amen. And so. Yeah. Number four. Meet them on their turf. Their turf. JB, I think you've got something to say about this, sir. Yeah, man. You know, thankfully what I get to do as I do get to talk about skateboarding every single episode, right, Zach? Gosh, you love it. For as much as I get to identify with skating and get to run a skateboarding ministry, you'd be, you'd be shocked when, you, when I would, would tell you how much time I actually spend on a skateboard these days. None. It's, it's a little sad. Well, you're almost 50. That's true, but I'll keep doing it. I've decided this, that at, the, at a point where my knees fuse up and my back is no more, I'm just going to have the skaters just kind of place me, you know, just on my back on a board and just kind of push me, kind of like, push me down the that, that, that sounds biblical. Yeah. <laughs> Meeting them on their turf means that you very simply, you just go to them. And, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that I get to lead a ministry that where people who live in communities who may enjoy skateboarding, what we say is, you know what? Just go to the park. Like kids are already there. Something that's, that's a reality with the public park is that these cities put up these sometimes multi-million dollar facilities and but there's no real program there. There's nothing, there's nothing really going on because skating is, is kind of unorganized in that way. It's not like football where you have coaches and you have different teams and there's, and there's oversight. With skateboarding, it's a lot of times just kids doing it because no one's telling them what to do. However, what a gift it is for us to be able to plant these, what we call middleman mentors on purpose, to go into these places and just to enjoy what you do and understand that the community is often very naturally kind of developed as you spend time there and as you strike up conversation, because, you know, skaters, they talk to each other, Zach, they, they're like, Hey man, like there's a built-in, I don't know if you know this about the skate park, but there's a built-in that when someone performs a trick that other people waiting to, to, to ride a ramp or an obstacle mm-hmm. will cheer them on. Hey bro, sick Ollie, man. I don't remember saying that there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle there. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but you know, there's that, there's that built-in encouragement. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, well done. Good job. Hey, man, what are you riding? You know? Okay, okay, like, okay. Uh, the conversations begin. So what we get to do is to say, hey, we're going to be there. We're going we're gonna to strike up conversation. I'm going to get to learn these kids' names. Mm-hmm. And then what we, what we often do is we'll say, hey, life's hard. I just wanted you to know that I'm a part of an organization that, that mentors. And so I wanted to share my number with you. Dude, if you ever if you're ever struggling, you ever need somebody to talk to, I'm here for you. Yeah. That's a great way to start that that mentor relationship that, mm-hmm. that hopefully ends up in a discipleship relationship. Yeah. And in regards to discipleship, it's important to meet them where they are. So going over to their house, learning their names, learning their parents' names, learning their brothers and sisters, what's important to them becomes what's important to you. Just you have to pursue them. So they might not always reach out to you, but that's okay. You can reach out to them. I know f- with me, sometimes I'm like, man, I don't want to call them. 
I'm going to bug them. I'm going to be annoying. And very rarely is that the case. So your ability to get uncomfortable speaks love. So, hey, like if they are dealing with, you know, whether it's lust or sex or whether they're, you know, smoking or doing any kind of drugs, like it's okay to talk about those things. Your ability to get uncomfortable helps them feel comfortable. And so you're the thermostat. Yeah, that's right. You said it. Hey, one real quick thing, Zach, this reminds me of this idea of meeting them on their turf. You know what? It, it's such a, we think, oh man, the investment of like physically getting out to a place and doing that, that can be a drag sometimes. Listen, let's use technology to our advantage. The art of just checking in. What if you just like on a regular basis, you just send that text to see, tell me how your day's going real quick. Mm-hmm. Or just simply, hey, Ronald, what can I be praying for you about today? I mean, there are kids named Ronald still, right? Ronald? Yeah. It's like the character on show my kids watch called Nature Cat. <laughs> okay. So check in, meet them on their turf. Mm-hmm. Number five. Yeah. Number five. And I will preface this one by saying this. I know so often you might believe the lie that your kids don't like this or that this is never going to work or they're not going to show up or this isn't going to be fruitful. But number five is this, give everyone a chance because you never know what the Lord is going to do. And so I say this in the transition between possible mentoring and discipleship. Hey, like maybe just asking the question, even if in your head, you're like, there's no way he's ever going to open up. There's no way he's going to talk about Jesus. There's no way that he wants to hear about faith. Maybe just, Hey man, have you like thought about anything spiritual this week? Or tell me what, you know, tell me what you've been thinking about God or just anything like that. Like that can help open up the door or at least knock on the door of possible discipleship opportunities. And so I'm hearing be slow to maybe set up a, a prejudice over something or, or an attitude about something or, or even an expectation as far as how, how far a kid can go. Yeah. Be slow about that and, and kind of leave those options open to say, Lord, you might be doing something or we might get into a conversation that I would have never thought that we would get into. But, you know, again, this kid might, might really surprise you. Right. For sure. Because you, you just never know what's going on in a kid's heart and kids are really good at looking one way or appearing one way, like they don't care or like they don't want anything to do with this, but you have no idea what the Lord's stirring up in their heart. Mm -hmm. What if we could look at every kid with that potential of saying, this could be an incredible Christ follower. That's, that's really the the stance that we should take, right? hundred percent. Yeah. No matter their behavior, no matter their mistakes, no matter how they look, no matter how they speak to be able to say, oh man, there is no doubt because this is someone that you have made in your image, Lord, that they could be, they are, they're created to worship you. Yeah. And you just have no idea what they're going to turn into. I mean, like me, like if I promise you, if anyone would have took a look at me whenever I was in 10th grade and said, this guy's going to follow Jesus and help kids and spend his life trying to advance the kingdom. No way would anyone have thought that because I was a mess, but here I am all because someone just decided just to take a chance on me. Yeah. And, you know, that's a really big deal. It's just a really big deal. Whenever you take a chance on someone, whenever you give them that opportunity in a weird way, it just makes them feel special. makes them feel worth, makes them feel loved. Like, like, and sometimes you have to speak what you see in them before they can see it. Because I might say, John, you're a leader, John, you, you know, have a ton of potential. 
And you might be like, what? I've never thought that before a day in my life. But if, but if Zach says I am, then maybe I am. So awesome. Number six. Wait a minute. Are we halfway there? We're halfway there. Awesome. Yeah. Number six. Me or you? I'll do it. I be the do. most encouraging person in the world. Zach, that's huge, man. It's just, it's just, and there's a part of me that's like, these aren't necessarily in order because this could be number yeah, one. Yeah. Just who doesn't like being encouraged? Who doesn't like hearing awesome things about themselves? Who doesn't like it when someone's smiling and joyful and laughing? You will get more mileage out of telling them what they did right than telling them what they're doing wrong. You get to pull the best out of people, right? And you get to give them an idea of how much the Lord loves them and what the Lord sees in them, right? Jesus had faith in people. Jesus called out the best in people. You should too. One thing that I love about watching the show, The Chosen, which have you seen it yet, John? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, it's great. You've watched it? Have I watched all of it? Is, is that what you're asking? Uh, I've been exposed to, to some of it. Okay. And, and what I've seen has been yeah. excellent. But, G- but Jesus, I mean, he calls people who they didn't believe in themselves. Like, what? Me? A disciple? And we get to do the same thing, which is such a great opportunity. Yes. I feel like sometimes I operate in fear. I can be kind of critical. I can control. And that is, that is not encouraging, right? Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. You should do this. You should do that. But instead, have faith and be like, okay, Lord, I'm going to encourage. I'm going to focus in on what they're doing right. I'm going to focus in on what you see in them. And I'm going to operate with the faith to know, God, that you can do anything. Okay. So I want to draw some lines here real quick. Draw them. What I'm getting from this point, this truth, is that to discourage, to be critical, I think that it creates within the relationship between mentor and mentee and even our, our own mentee's attitudes is kind of a spirit of uncertainty and doubt and, oh, I don't want to disappoint you. And so I need to know, I don't know if it's the right thing to say or, or do. It, it, we can kind of create that in our discouragement and in our, even when we intend to be helping this kid, we can, we can create some issues for them. But if we come from a place of faith into speaking encouragement, then we're actually creating a freedom and we're, and we're creating a comfort to where we know even that our mentee can make a mistake and that, and that it's not going to be the end of the world. So I think that this is a really solid point. Let's talk about practically speaking. How is it, how do, how do we work to be a more encouraging person if it's maybe not our default? Because some of us like you, dude, you're, you're just an encouraging person, but I know that you make it a point to be intentional about it. One way that you're super encouraging is actually through texting. You're one of the most encouraging texters that I know. You, you text a word that's not even, you know, it's not even like reactionary to something else. It's just maybe out of the blue. You're, you're good at sending kind of that out of the blue, encouraging text. Thank you. So well done on you. That's one way. Anything else that you might be able to offer a listener? So my, thanks, thanks a lot for saying that. So someone once told me this, if you think it, tell them. And I don't like cell phones. I think they might be from the devil. But like you said, they can be useful. They, they can be good. And that's what I love about texting. If, if I'm taking a walk and I'm like, man, John Bernard's awesome. I'm going to text you and say, John, you're awesome. Because I believe that's the Holy Spirit stirring that up. And I'm going to have faith that whenever I send that text to you, it's going to be received well. And so mentors, anytime you think a positive thought about your mentee, text them. Send it. Anytime you say a prayer, just text them. I have done this before. I, I've 
I have sent this to people and said, hey, I want you to know that God has put you on my heart for this season. Anytime I think about you, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to let you know that by sending the little emoji with the hands that are praying. So if you ever see that emoji, <laughs> know that you're being prayed for. Awesome. And I don't do that to pat myself on the back and say, look at Zach, he's a prayer. I do it because who doesn't like it whenever someone's like, man, I'm, I'm being prayed for. Low investment, high yield right there, my friend. Right? I hope so. It takes, I mean, it takes a second yep. to do, and it could really, that has the power to actually change a person's day. It does. So- you Gotta be mindful of that. Yep. And especially now with the cell phone, with the cell phone, like you can put a reminder, you can put it into your calendar. Like every Wednesday morning I have on my calendar, send voice memo to the guys who I'm, who I am investing into, yeah. who I am discipling. So, right. You can, you can get a lot done in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And you can mentor. Are we done? No, but just felt, just felt, <laughs> it felt right. natural. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. Okay. Number seven, second Timothy two, two. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witness and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Awesome. So what I'm saying about this is, is this, well, okay. So you're mentoring. Everything's great. Okay. Wow. We're discipling. Now I'm intentionally investing, teaching this person how to follow Jesus. Ask the question, Hey, do you have any friends who might want to join us? And then you can go from one-on-one to one-on-two to maybe even one-on-three. I would say anything more than four people is too much, but you can start teaching your mentee, hey, this doesn't stop with you. Someone invested into me, I'm investing into you, and I expect you to pass it on and to invest into someone else. And that is how you create the Second Timothy 2.2, aka the 2.2.2 model. Disciplers disciple, right? That's it, man. And disciples are meant to be disciplers. Yep. And especially if your mentee has leadership qualities. Like we have all been there. We've seen there's one kid at school who leads their entire class. Like, man, that kid's such a leader. As a teacher for a decade, there were certain years where like, man, that's a good class. Why? Because they had one or two kids who were just leaders who love Jesus. And then we had, you know, we had some, some kinds of years that we didn't have that. And those kids were maybe bad years, quote unquote. Speaking of years, just kind of working with youth ministry, leading that in the church, I can also tell you that there were times when I would meet with a kid in the youth group, and this was a kid who loved the Lord, but really struggled because they were surrounded by folks that did not. So their friends, their teammates, they were not as strong in their faith. And it's a, it's a hard reality to say to a kid, I'm so sorry that you have actually more influence around you that's going to probably hurt your relationship with the Lord than, than is going to encourage you. So this is another reminder for us to be thinking about and and understanding that our mentees have such a great influence because we want for them, we want them to be surrounded by other followers of Christ because that's going to encourage their faith as well. They may be the most spiritually mature kid out of that group, but if they're if they're surrounded by other kids that are growing in their faith, it's going to also be a real encouragement for them. Let's look at Jesus. Jesus had the 12, but really in the 12, he had three. And then you could say that he really focused in on one. And so Jesus had the one person, then he had the three, then he had the 12, then they had the 72. And like, man, if Jesus, the son of God, really like focused in on one, then focused in on three, and those three turned into 12, then like, that's a good model for us to, to follow. Yeah. 
concentric circles that way. Mm, don't know what that word means, but sounds good. When you think about like the circle of one in terms of friendship, Zach, mm-hmm. you th- obviously you think me first and foremost, <laughs> Duh. right? And then from there, yeah, it, I mean, the, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a long fall. Let's just say yeah. that. Tremendously long. Incredible. All right, we're getting off track. Number eight. All right, this is, this is super important. Don't just tell them, show them and empower them. So, yes, you need to read the Bible, but you need to read the Bible with them. So it's okay to open up your Bible and say, hey, let's read this passage and tell me what you think. It's okay to say a prayer when they're not around, but how much better to say a prayer when they are around or take it a step further. Hey, let's pray. Would you pray or why don't I pray first and then you close us out? So you're just like lobbing them softballs to hit. So, you know, whether you can teach them to fast, hey, let's let's fast one meal and let's talk about it next week. Encouraging them, worshiping with them, hey, the next time we meet, we're just going to sit in our car and we're going to we're going to hear a worship song and then afterwards we're just going to talk about it. Is that awkward? Yes, super awkward, but you're teaching them how to worship. The goal is whenever you leave, they know how to read the Bible. They know how to pray. They know how to fast. They know how to worship because they're not always, you know, they're not always going to have you. This is a really great reminder that this, this with is greater than for idea, right? To do things with our mentee as opposed to even just for them. Because the I, it kind of reminds me of parenting when you have these kids who go off to college and they have no idea what to do in their daily life. They don't know how to wash clothes. They don't know how to prepare food. We parent so that we can prepare these adults. And you guys, we mentor so that we can, by God's grace, be able to create these followers of Christ who, for whatever season we're going to spend you know, in, this, in the life of this mentee, that, but when our time is done, we hope that they have been exposed to and practiced these acts of worship yep. in, in their many ways. And so, yeah, man, this is what we should be mindful of. So we're kind of, again, we're, it's almost like we're working our way out of a job as a mentor because we want these, these kids to have something so solid and something so real when it comes to their faith apart from, from who we are. Yeah. It is that I do, you watch, we talk. I do, you help, we talk. You do, I help, we talk. You do, I watch, we talk. You do, someone else watches, which that goes back to what we just talked about, that two, 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 right? Yeah. So when you give someone responsibility, you give them authority. Like you are saying, hey, I believe you can do this. I have faith. Let's do it together. I am, I am going to call you up into this, which is just a really cool deal. This goes even beyond saying that you're valuable to our mentee. It actually says you are capable. It's empowering them. Yes. Yeah. You, you can do this. And I yes. think that's, I think that's something that, that is, again, back to the youth ministry thing real quick. I see it a lot in, in, in organized groups like that. They, they kind of take this, Hey, we really want these kids to know that they're, that they're important. Mm-hmm. That's great. But also, what are we instilling in those in those programs to say we also want to be able to have these kids understand that they are the church of today, like that they are the ones who can have a great impact in their schools and in their lives, and that is about empowering them, giving them opportunities not only to understand that God loves them dearly, but that He gives them everything that they need to live out their life for Him. Hundred percent. Number nine: facilitate them meeting with the Lord. So I often think as a mentor, I have to lead. And yes, there are times that I have to lead, but what if I just facilitated the meeting with the Lord? And so how I like to do this is if you have a mentee who's really serious about learning more about the Lord, you schedule an hour and a half. 
In the first 30 minutes, you connect with them. Hey, how's it going? How's school? How's this? How's that? The next 30 to 45 minutes, you get into the word and you, or you pray, you do something that engages the spirit, the word of God, things like that. And then afterwards you get to process that. Hey, tell me what you learned. Tell me what you heard. Tell me what you felt the Holy Spirit doing, right? And and then you just see if there's any action steps. So, you know, hey, we we connected. Oh, I'm having a hard time with fear. Okay, well, let's see what the let's see what the word says about fear. And then you talk about that. And then you read read a passage about fear. Okay, tell me what you got out of that. And then they'll share that and then say, okay, how can this impact your week? How can we talk about this next week? And so I also think that environment matters. So like, hey, meet at a Starbucks, then go on a walk together. Then, I mean, just like, it's okay to mix up the environments. I actually think that, I think that that's a good thing. Absolutely. Um, Hey, I would make a note too, Zach, that just when you're talking about this idea of time together, where you're maybe just dealing with a specific issue that might come to the surface and man, there are those times when you think, gosh, what? I would love to be able to share the truth of God's words about this particular topic. And that is when you have the the benefit of being able to Google, you know, verses about, right? Like mm-hmm. scripture dealing with depression yep. or uncertainty or whatever. Take those opportunities. I think that kind of helps us instead of feeling like, oh, I don't know God's word. I don't know if I want to actually use it because listen, use those resources and find those things and, and bring them to attention. And you, again, maybe even midstream in a conversation, you may say, I don't really know how to continue to talk about that or, or find, I don't really know where it, where it speaks on that in, in the Bible, but let's come back to that, come back to that and make that a point of, of let that, letting that be something that, so that they can see the power of God's word. Number nine is brought to you by openbible.com. That helps me a, a ton. Awesome. Like, you just type in openbible.com and it says, this is what the Bible says about blank. Yeah. And you're like depression or, you know, lust or fear or anxiety or any of that. And it just gives you every verse. I'm like, oh, perfect. Thank you, Jesus. Also, John, what I just heard you say is it's okay to not know. Yeah. It's okay to not know. That's okay. And that speaks something that you don't have to have all of the answers. So Absolutely. That's great. Number 10, which I think is kind of a piggyback off nine, ask a bunch of questions. So... Don't be the advice monster. We have we have kind of talked about that before, but just asking good questions. And the goal here is not to give them answers. The goal here is to help them process and to help them figure it out on their own because that's going to last a whole lot longer. And you're giving the Holy Spirit room to move. Yes. So I, 10 times out of 10, would prefer for them to hear what the Lord has to say on it than what I have to say on it. Because... Me, not smart sometimes. You, not smart sometimes. Me, fail English. Me too. That possible. Listen, asking good questions can often be better than, than declaring good statements. Yep. Even. Like it's, it's, that kid is going to come away from your time together, sometimes even more filled up because you've just asked really good questions and you, and you, draw, and you drew out from them some truths and some things for them to think about. So, man, the power of, of a good question, mm-hmm. we cannot overstate. Yeah. And it's not about content. It's not about, Hey, today we're going to meet and we're going to, we're going to open up the book of James and read six chapters. Like, no, like just it's whatever the Lord wants to do there. And so asking good questions. And then when you feel like you've hit on something, just stop there. It's okay. And just, I would prefer for them to get really deep on one topic than to get shallow on 10 topics. Mm -hmm. 
And some open-ended questions are also better than some of these yes or no, right? Yes. Do you love God? Yes. All right, great. Our time here is done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, draw out that conversation. Really have your, your mentee think, you know? Yes. Speaking of thinking, I think we're done. I agree. That's a long episode, guys. Thanks. Hey, thanks a lot for sticking with us. That on, was meaty. You know, if you guys are on the old treadmill or stair stepper, you guys got a good workout in on this one. Yeah. When was the last time that you were on a stair stepper, John? I don't uh, know if I've ever been on, on one of those. Is that a, nine? That's a, that's a piece of, of workout equipment. Correct. Yes. Oh, I will yes. say this. I recently spent some time on, on a rowing machine. That's, that's good. A, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Do you like yeah. that? Uh, no, but it's, it's good. It's kind of a full body thing. Though. It is. It is. All right. Top 10 things that you need to know when your mentoring relationship transitions into discipleship. That's what we talked about today. I hope you took notes. Share it. Go rate our podcast. Buy our books. Go to our website. Follow us on social media. <laughs> do everything that we're asking you to do right now. And hey, listen, if, you, if you're if you of the um, graphic artist designer nature and you take a look at this incredible already logo and you think, I might have some ideas for Zach. Is, that, is it okay if they reach out? Well, I mean, yeah, but that's the last... We want them to, to do the first seven things oh, we okay. asked for. We're not first. soliciting... Yeah, no. We're no, not no. soliciting graphic designers no, out there. Nope. But, it, but if you are one, call us. That's all I got. John, I love you. What and we're awesome. And we're awesome? What? Oh, I don't know man, why. I, I don't know that. why I said that. I promise, guys, I'm not arrogant. But we're just going to hop off. You can mentor. 